Welcome to the one and only Circle City Setup with your host and the one and only Zach Griffith. Hello. Welcome into Circle City Cinema. Disgusting Brothers are back to discuss, Alex, perhaps the greatest. I mean, definitely the greatest episode of the series. I think you and I are both in agreement there. Uh, and one of the most harrowing episodes of TV that that we've ever seen, especially in recent memory. Connor's wedding. The final appearance of Logan Roy, who dies in this episode. Alex. Thoughts on this. The passing of a Titan. The passing of one of the the iconic I mean I know that's that term is thrown around a lot when we talk about TV characters, but this guy truly was an icon, one of the HBO icons in their history. I feel like this show has about like four people you could say are iconic characters, um, honestly, which I think the great shows have like the, the great HBO shows at least have had a few iconic characters. Um, like let's just look at both of our probably favorite shows, the Sopranos, Tony, iconic character, Chris, iconic character, Polly, iconic character. That's three right there. But I think for this show, Logan is the Tony Soprano, which is why this decision to kill him off is so fascinating. He was the son around which the show revolved. And I mean, which makes sense. Succession, you need to have a successor for this show. But I might count, Zach, there are six episodes left of this season. I believe I saw there's right. 10 episodes in season four. Um, I don't know where they're going to go from here, but it's going to be. They could go a lot of different angles. And I don't think you could be upset with any of them. Um, but just in terms of the, sh- the episode itself, Logan's only in the first, like right before the credits. Um, I think it's getting on the plane, right? Getting on the plane. The two people he talks to are Tom and Roman, probably his closest confidants in the family. I wouldn't say probably they're definitely his closest confidants. Um, Colin. Well, his bestie, not technically in the family, but his bestie and Carrie. How did um, Carl describe Carrie? I I forget. It's one of my favorite lines. I didn't, write down as many this episode because I didn't feel it was appropriate, but Carl Carl absolutely eviscerated Chuckles? Carrie. Chuckles the clown. <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Um, Carl was throwing, Carl was Roger Clemens in his prime today or in this episode. It was absolutely yeah, was. incredible stuff. Um, this episode did a great job of and Kendall Kendall also was throwing 100 miles in this episode too because yes he was Kendall is an interesting character because you know in the the very short history of this podcast this is the second episode um 
we haven't seen destructive Kendall yet. I would be shocked if that didn't rear his ugly head. But, you know, we've seen Kendall be destructive, be, you know, self-sabotaging. All in all, like, Kendall hurts himself. But in this episode, he was the one who was responding the best. He was like, okay, dad's dead. And the little speech he gave, he's like, guys, this is going to go in our memoirs. What we do today is going to go. How we respond to this situation is going to go in memoirs. Good, bad, whatever. What we do is going. And Kendall was the voice of reason. Normally it's Roman. Normally it's Shiv. Today it was. In this episode, it was all Kendall. And I, I think Kendall really comes out of this episode looking a lot better than he has, especially in the last episode. Last episode, he came out looking like a fucking idiot. <laughs> we didn't get to talk about yeah, that much. But this episode, he came out looking absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it's one of the reasons I, I like it so much. You can do the things you said where, you know, season one, he's on his way to... I mean, in the pilot episode, he's on his way to succeeding his dad as CEO of the company, and that gets shut down. Uh, he's on his way to pushing his dad out at the end of season one. Uh, the car wreck happens, and then, you know, relapse and stuff like that in the, in the remaining seasons, uh, you know, falling asleep in the pool, that kind of stuff. But then here... <laughs> He has the normal reaction, probably, to hearing your dad has died. You know, very emotional, trying to get all the details of what's going on through through Tom. Tom, Tom, took, Tom took L's on Twitter for his performance in this episode. I thought he did fine. I thought Tom was a fine messenger on the phone. Very calm. Yes. I didn't understand the take that Tom sucks. Tom was called cool and collected. Tom called his, his wife first. His wife who right. asked him for a divorce with no explanation. And he called her first. So I, I think there was a lot. I think there was a little bit of explanation for why she asked for a divorce, Zach. I mean, come on. Let, let, well, I'm not a, yes, there was, I'm not a fan I mean, of Shiv either. Didn't give him, she didn't give him... Like, he wanted to at least talk about it. She didn't even give him that. that that's what I'm saying. That's what Okay, fair enough. But, no, going back to Kendall, like, this episode, like I said, normal response to hearing news like that. Then, as soon as it's basically confirmed, business mode, Kendall. And I've always thought Kendall was the most business savvy, probably the smartest businessman in, in out of the kids, in my opinion. I mean, he, like I said, he was gonna take he was in line to take over the family until Logan changed his mind at the last second. So I mean it's And uh, in season one if he hadn't gotten caught in traffic. If he had season had one gotten, he would have won. He would have won. Yes. He had enough he votes to secure to secure a hostile takeover. Um but, but I thought didn't. his reaction, you know like you said, the quote he had It'll be in our memoirs the day we do what we do on the day our, our father died. Um, he seemed the most calm after it had time to kind of hit them what was going on. 
I just thought it was an awesome performance from Jeremy Strong. Thought he had the best performance in the episode. Uh, There's a lot of strong performances in this episode, though. Um, I want to shout out Alan Ruck real quick. I know we'll talk more about the episode. Alan Ruck also in the running for best performance. He absolutely like not much screen time. Um, and also the tidbit about the cake. I don't remember exactly what they said. Just absolutely. The little bits of background details yeah. they give about these characters. Always delicious. Um, what do you say? Like the cake's abominable. Something like that. <laughs> he just kept saying the cake is abominable. It's inedible. We, we can, we can present it, but we can't serve it. Um, he's was really hung up on the cake. Was yeah. really hung up on the cake. Um, but his reaction when he's told, Logan, or uh, Kendall's like, they're doing chest compressions. He might be dead. And and Connor's like, well, is he? Like straight face, is he? And then that you know the crushing line. He didn't even like me anyway. Which, you know, actions speak louder than words. All of Logan's actions say that is true. I mean, he wasn't even going to be at the wedding. Exactly. You know? Exactly. If he was there, he would have died at his wedding. So. Right. And, and, and good acting from Ruck as well. When he, you know, he sits Willa down and just asks her point blank, like, are you with me for the money? And to, to Willa's credits, she didn't bullshit him. She said it was part of it. So she didn't, she didn't bullshit him. I'm not a Willa fan, but you know, whatever. I thought that scene was actually like in a show of just pure transactional, like everyone has an angle. Everyone has an angle. I thought that was kind of sweet. Right. Just being honest with each other for once and for once in the series, somebody being honest with somebody. No one in the show is honest with each other. Let's just be real. Everyone has an angle. Everyone's trying to play. Everyone's trying to play off each other. So I thought that moment and the moment where they actually, you know, said the I do's, um, I thought that was really perfect for Connor. And I thought that was, you know, I sent you a TikTok of Kieran Culkin talking about when you think about what (laughs) Connor did to Willa, it's kind of fucked up. Not and take out the kind of, (laughs) but yeah. I mean, listen, you know, maybe it is Stockholm Syndrome, okay? But in the end, it seemed like an actual genuine moment. And... It did. It really did. Don't get a whole lot of those on this show. No, you don't. And Alex, I want to I wanna twist it back to Logan here. Talking about iconic HBO characters... I'm going to steal your line here. In the interest of throwing a curveball, you're expecting a fastball. Okay. Out of HBO shows you have seen, so we won't do do all of them in total, but out of the ones you and I have seen, each of us put together a Mount Rushmore of HBO characters. We'll see if Logan Roy makes the cut. Okay, I think so we I both have, have we'll both have the same Washington, and you, if you want, you can have you can have multiple characters from a show if you want. 
Um, but oh, I'm, I'm trying to do mine right now. Let's it's talk this. Tough. Let's talk this out. Okay, so we've both seen. We've both seen The Sopranos, obviously. Game of Thrones. We've both seen Game of Thrones. We've both seen The Wire. We've both seen Succession. I think that about covers our bases, correct? I think so. And honestly, you're putting together... I mean, there's a couple other shows that you could throw in the mix here. Great HBO shows, but... Right. The big drama. I, I think we should it. we should probably stick with those four. Those four are probably consensus the best four. Um, and if not, if you, uh, people will think something else is better. I haven't finished. I still need to finish True Detective season one. Um, I still need to watch mm. some other shows. But you check out Barry. I'm going to check out series Barry series finale. Or uh, last season premiering this Sunday. I know it's a good time I, to get into it. I started Barry. I just never finished it. Like I same thing with I did with Breaking Bad, but you know, Breaking Bad's first on the list right now. Um, yeah. So I'd say Washington. No, no question is Tony Soprano. No question. No question. Um, <laughs> Jefferson. I, I think I have my three. Okay, let me hear your three. Don't go to same Washington. Then next, I will go Omar. I Omar was going to be my next two. You know, it's tough to pick from the wire, especially since they change plot lines every season, but he seemed to be the staple throughout especially from season three on. So, and I mean, even in season two, when he was hardly in it, I got the, I got the gun. You got the briefcase. Probably the most iconic line in the whole series. Yep. There's really no one out. There's no debate for who's the most iconic character out of the wire in the series full of iconic characters. Right. Then next I would have Logan. I would have Logan. I think he makes it. Um, he's definitely the face of definitely the face of this franchise, of this show. Um, whether you want to say he's the main guy or not, you can make an argument he's not. But like you said, he is the son in this succession galaxy. Yes. It revolves around it. Uh, and then this one was tough from Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, another one really doesn't have a main main character. And I think a lot of the, those characters didn't end very well. You think it's obvious? I think it's obvious. And what do you have? I think it's Jon Snow. Hmm. His it didn't end well, right? But his arc ended well in that. I'm, nobody's, nobody's. But I think it's. <sighs> It's probably either him or Jamie. It would be Tywin if Tywin lasted more than half the series. Tywin, like Tywin to me is Tywin's, but then again, you're like basically going double Logan. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you have Tywin Lannister up there. Um to me, John 
is the protagonist of Game of Thrones. I mean, when you think about like, when you think about the um, House of the Dragon, right? And they keep talking about the prophecy, the Song of Ice and Fire. He is the Song of Ice and Fire, right? And we don't, we weren't smart enough to put two and two together while we were like, oh, we being the general public, weren't smart enough to put two and two together, especially after the big reveal, um, the most important reveal in the history of Game of Thrones, by far, R, R plus L equals he, J. He is the heir. Right. So now granted, they didn't do anything with that, which is annoying, but I don't think George will do anything with that. So still uh, spinoff coming spinoff coming. Well, Hello. I'm saying George in the books. Oh, probably. I don't think George will do anything with that. Um, he might. But I don't think George will um, explore. I think George's ending is going to be pretty similar to the show's ending. I think people are going to be pretty pissed off <laughs> if I had to guess. Well, you talked me into Jon Snow. My pick was actually Tyrion. That's also that's not a bad pick either. But his, for me, the difference his arc ended horribly. Worse, and his arc tailed off a, like a lot faster than the other guys did. Jon Snow peaked late. I guess that's what he has going for him. He peaked in season right. six. Um, apologies if you heard my cat there. Uh, Tyrion after he killed Tywin kind of his character unfortunately kind of fell off a cliff and became a lot less of the Tyrion we know which is my objection to it not <sighs> I, I love Tyrion but man he's very, it, it just, especially in the early seasons after Joffrey becomes king where he's like the only one who doesn't take Joffrey's shit you know tells him like it is tells tells him like you suck basically and then, yeah, kill. I gotta say, even though I love Tywin, it was satisfying when Tyrion killed him. Because, I mean, that guy sucked as dead. <laughs> One of the worst dads in Game of Thrones, and that's saying a lot. That is saying right. a lot. Right, and he couldn't see, like, oh, you're no son of mine, when there was no one who was more like his son than Tyrion. Like, Jamie right. didn't have... The cunning, the planning... Right. No, he didn't. Jamie didn't have. Ha Jamie was a great wartime strategist, but Tyrion was a great political operator. But I don't. Again, part of my problem with his arc was after season five, the pl the politics stopped being as effective, and I, that that's my that's my problem. Um, can fair, I shout out? That, that's a fair objection. Can I shout out some characters from sh some shows? I don't know if you've seen. Yeah. Um, I want to shout out. Um. Eli Gemstone from the Righteous Gemstones. Mm. Um, uh, Danny McBride production. Another Danny McBride production. I, you might have seen this one. Kenny Powers. <laughs> haven't seen it, actually. East, I've only seen the first season, but the first season is enough. Eastbound and down. Kenny Powers. You can't go wrong with Kenny fucking Powers. Come on now. And... I know I've seen more HBO shows than that, but those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head. So I just have to shout out Danny McBride because he's an HBO legend at this point. Well, 
some honorable mentions I would throw out as well. Uh, McConaughey's character in True Detective season one. I think you have to mention him. Uh, let me think here. Other ones I've seen. Barry Berkman from Barry. No, I just brought that up, but that's a great one. Um, nobody in, I'm watching Oz right now. This is really the only thing I've been watching lately, and nobody in that one really sticks out yet. Great show, but not really a main character. Uh, let me think. Nobody from House of the Dragon really yet. Um, great show as well. Can I, can I make another case for another wire character? Because we brought up the three. I think there's one wire character who doesn't get talked about a whole lot. Um, but I think he deserves some mention here. It's Bodhi. Yeah, Bodhi. He dies in season. Bodhi in Oz. Spoiler alert. Yes, he is. Bodhi, um, the actor, is in Oz. Yeah. He's also in The Sopranos. For like this long, like yes. he's in the Sopranos. Yeah, he is. The, the truck jacking, yeah. Um, spoiler alert, he dies at the end of season four. But I'd say Bodhi probably has the most honorable death scene in The Wire. Um, He, I mean, he starts really young. I mean, what, they're 15? Oh, yeah, extremely young. Um, and he just becomes super jaded with the system. He's super loyal to the Barksdales, but by the time he's done, there's no more Barksdales to speak of. Avon's in jail. Um, and he Stringer. realizes he's fighting for nothing. Yeah, Stringer yeah. also, spoiler alert, dead. Um, it's honest, like, Bodhi to me, underrated. Like, it's I Marlo. think there's a lot of... What about Marlo? Marlo, too. I think Marlo, Bubbles, um, McNulty, obviously the fuck did mm-hmm. i do um fuck did i do bunk. you know i have a soft spot for bunk but i don't think he's probably up there um <laughs> yeah the bunk um uh and then lester 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 honestly probably <laughs> lester is low-key the most underrated person on the show ziggy sabatka <laughs> <laughs> no Ziggy Sabaka's duck. What about the um, what about the Russian hitman who said, "Did he have a hand? Did he have hands? Did he have a face? <laughs> yes. <laughs> then it wasn't us." <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marlo, just because I feel like the first few seasons of The Wire were so, so. uh drug heavy i feel like Mar- marlo kind of gets lost in the shuffle could be wrong on that but like he he's an awesome villain awesome he definitely i will agree with that like ruthless he changed the trajectory of the show and i would say for the better um yeah avon stringer on the roof doesn't happen without marlo um Mm-hmm. A lot of the best stuff in the wire doesn't happen without Marlo. Um, right. Man, we we should do a wire like just the wire is just so great. I just it's <laughs> everything on from that era in HBO is really great. But oh, I 
that was the basically basically that was the golden age probably from when oz premieres in 97 and then from that time i'll just go until like 2011 when game of thrones premieres you have oz sopranos wire uh deadwood uh which i still need to watch boardwalk empire entourage eastbound and down just curb your enthusiasm like it doesn't it doesn't stop it doesn't stop which when whenever i try and defend that hbo is the best when it comes to tv just point to that just point to that period i mean it's like when you're trying to argue uh, MJ for the GOAT. You just point to that period from like 89 to 98 and that's it. Which, Zach, to um, kind of help ease our transition here, it's kind of disappointing that they're taking HBO off of Max on the thing. On the title. It of the is. App. It is. And the reasoning they said was this was announced yesterday. By Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav, who I already hate, but he, he basically, basically, he said the reasoning for taking HBO out of the name was that they didn't want it to be, they didn't want Discovery Plus to get like diluted by the HBO name being included in the name of the service. And he also didn't want it to be. It is a hilarious statement. And he also didn't want it to be to give like the cartoon content and you know, the old cartoon network stuff that's on there. He didn't want the HBO name to steer people who are tuning in for that stuff away. Like, dude, it's called HBO Max now. That stuff's already on there. Like what? It's still too late for that. Like two years too late. And who cares? Who's out here saying HBO means? I mean, yes, they have some, you know, pretty graphic stuff in their show, pretty mature stuff. But I don't think anyone's out here saying God outlaw HBO. It's such a negative connotation. Like what? That's what he made it sound like, kind of when he was explaining. The worst is when these corporate bullshit people acquire these brands like this okay and Zach we've seen it all the time following journalism right these people acquire these brands they know nothing about and they just are like oh haha this thing this thing is great for this reason but what if we just made it into this ruthless corporate money making machine no this isn't your corporate this isn't discovery channel man this is fucking HBO okay HBO fucking O like I'm sorry this isn't you know haha we're gonna um I don't even know what they fucking air on Discovery Channel this isn't like swimming with dolphins or whatever this isn't you know I don't like again I don't know what they air on Discovery Channel I know what they air on HBO okay it's good shit they Discovery couldn't sniff Game of Thrones okay they couldn't sniff The Sopranos their best day they couldn't like Let's be real here. Other than AMC, is there a relevant, um, just regular cable network like outs like other than you know like the live sports ones? But I don't really think there's TNT? one that's like putting. 
But TNT's not putting out original programming anymore. TNT canceled all their trying shows. Trying to think, like... BBC, but BBC is foreign. You know, BBC is putting out... AMC is probably... Probably it. it. That's my point exactly. Like, so Discovery thinking that HBO sullies their brand when they put out, you know, these, like, you know, TLC bullshit shows. I'm sorry, that's not... You're sullying their brand, <laughs> okay? HBO yeah, is... They're going to get buried. Right. They're going to get H- buried underneath all the HBO stuff. HBO, no, like, the people who want to watch Discovery want to watch it on cable. They want to flip through the cable channels and they want to record it to their VCR and they want to watch it that way. They don't want to go on streaming and find it that way. Those people don't understand, like, I'm going to be real with you, Zach. Most people just have Netflix when it comes to streaming. We understand streaming, I feel, at a pretty good level, right? Like, we understand, like, you know, oh, there's Hulu, there's, you know, all, like, all, we understand the differences between the streaming packages. You and I and, like, Bryce and Caleb and, you know, basically everyone, basically everyone, like, yeah. (laughs) The people who are watching Discovery probably are just watching Netflix to watch, and they're like, where'd The Office go? You know, how many people in your life do you know, Zach, just had Netflix to watch The Office or Friends? Like, and that was all a lot of people just used it, just used it for that. And now it's, you know, they've kind of gotten better with that. I know a lot of people who had it, for example, last year just to watch Stranger Things. Um, But to your point, like, we know degenerates like ourselves. We know what each service, like whatever you're in the mood for, you kind of, you probably, you probably know which service to go to. You know, if I want, if I want a awesome, dramatic, binge-worthy show, I'm probably going to go to HBO Max. If I want to watch a great docu-series or something like that, I'm going to go to Netflix. And if I want to watch something a little more niche, like, you know, for lack of a better term, the nerdy stuff, I'll go to Disney Plus. Like each, each one, like, for example, if Disney Plus wanted to merge with Hulu, which would make sense, Disney owns both of them. I would actually be fine with that. But HBO, Warner Brothers Discovery, deciding to do this it just doesn't make a lot of sense like I'm especially when I, in my opinion Alex HBO Max probably the best service right now I don't think it's really close um, at least has the most volume without question the most you content can find so, you can find so much stuff on HBO Max it's not even funny um, but now I guess you're gonna be able to find well they're cutting a bunch of stuff from HBO Max uh, yeah, a lot of Max originals are getting scrapped. I mean, you remember the Batgirl news a few... Mm-hmm. I mean, geez, seems like a year ago now. That yeah, movie that was, was supposed what? to come out on HBO Max, and that is canceled, basically. And Brandon Fraser was... Probably you know, never going to act- see that movie. Best actor winner, Brandon Fraser. Really disappointed about that. Um, yeah, and he should be. It's... It's frustrating. Again, 
This is not knowing your audience. People who have HBO Max, that you can be like, oh, I want to see all the DC stuff. You know? All the, if you want, or like, hey, I don't want to see a Warner Brothers movie, and I know it comes out 45 days after the release. They probably need to change that if they want their money's, if they want their movies to make money at the box office. Um, right. But I don't want to go to the theater still, and I want to wait, and I know I can wait 45 days after it's released. Cool. I want, you know, I want Turner Classic Movies, right? It's the home of the Turner Classic Movies. I want, they, they just have so much stuff on there. Um, I want to watch The Wire. I want to watch The Sopranos. I want to watch Deadwood. I want to watch Veep. I want to watch, you know, all these other great shows on HBO. And so when you have this guy, and I know they're not, they can't cut all the um, shows like, they can't cut Succession, right? This guy isn't going to fuck with Succession. He's gonna, not going to fuck with Game of Thrones. Yeah. But oh, well. he's messing with the stuff that, you know, there are people that care about this stuff. There are, and to act like there aren't is a little bit asinine. Um, so I don't like especially when you're character. inserting something that that audience you're just talking about probably doesn't give a shit about. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's just it's I think it's what you said, not knowing your target audience, but also just the new guy on campus trying to make a splash, trying to do something to. Yeah, it's like it's like when a a new coach gets hired and he changes up a lineup for for no reason. Perfectly good lineup. It's, that's if, what's going on here. here. Here's an analogy. Tell me if you've heard this one before. It's like if you're the running guns, you're the seven seconds or less sons, and you decide you need more half down low, so you trade for Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> that would never happen. No, that would never. Oh wait. Oh wait. I totally made well, that I mean, up, Al- Alex. It's it's uh it's the Mavs GM this year. It's the Mavs GM trading for Kyrie. Listen, I think there's a lot of things wrong with the Mavs. I think Kyrie's a symptom, not the not the um illness. But we we don't we don't have the time to talk about the Mavs right now. <laughs> <laughs> we could spend an hour talking about the Mavs. <laughs> we could. We could. Which would be as long as one of my grandpa's therapy sessions talking about the maps. But but anyway, anyway, uh, prices for HBO Max, which becomes Max on May 23rd. Boo. You can get the ad plan for $10 a month. You can get the ad free plan with basic HD at $16 a month. And you can get the ultimate ad free plan. Which basically the only difference with that one is you get the 4K Ultra HD for twenty dollars a month, and you get a little more. Uh, I looked at the thing; you get a little more downloads too. Like I think you get like thirty downloads. You get yeah, hundred. You get which over hundred with difference. the ultimate plan, right? But if you were downloading that much stuff, I mean, my God. Yeah, where are you going? Going? You in a hot air balloon? Going somewhere? Like, well, why do you need? A hundred things, but we did get some good things, Alex. With with this news, we got trailers for the Penguin. We got a trailer for the new season of True Detective, starring Jodie Foster. We got announcement announcements of uh, a Game of Thrones spinoff that's in the works, and one that I wasn't particularly a fan of: a Harry Potter show rebooting the franchise. 
which in my opinion is the definition of laziness. You literally have, you're just, you have, you're, you're out of ideas is what you're telling. You're out of ideas. I don't know. What do you think of that? Are you a Harry Potter guy? I'm, I was more of a fan of the books than the movies. Um, but I, I heard a point that's interesting. Okay. Think of Stranger... Now, you know I don't watch Stranger Things. But we know there's a problem with the Stranger Things cast, right? And with the CGI and how long it's taking them to make the show. Um, and how the cast is aging, right? Right. This show is supposed to go for 10 years, right? Allegedly. So, how old is the cast... If you cast 10-year-olds now... How old is the cast going to be when they're done shooting this? Are they going to be like in their late 20s with how long well, it takes for the CGI? Because we've. I, I think that's probably modest. If you're if you're looking at the movies as a blueprint, you know, this, the movie series, they made eight movies out of seven books and it took 10 years. 10 years passed between the first one and the last one. And with this, you know, if you want to film it like in real time with these actors, which is really hard to do, I mean, you're on a, you're basically going to be on a nonstop schedule for seven years. years. If you want to, if you want to do it, yeah, if you want to do it in real time and do each season based on a book, that's a that's a big commitment. I mean, that's a career altering commitment. I mean, you're gonna if one of these actors, you know, if this show takes off like it really needs to. I think it needs to be at least a nine out of ten. Uh, if you're one of these actors and you're in this, you're in it for better part of a decade. And you're gonna have to say no to some other opportunities. I mean, you're asking a lot. It's a, it's a big commitment. So let me ask you a question. If this show gets made, right? I mean, it's, it sounds like it's going to get made. Um, and it's not as big as Stranger Things. Is it a failure? I think there's a chance if it's good, it could be bigger than Stranger Things. Just but because just... this is a pre-existing fan base. And they're kind of hungry for more of this content, I don't think the Fantastic Beast movies are really cutting it for them. So, I think it has a chance. It could be bigger. It could be a bigger deal. To be honest with you. I, I feel like, for me, Stranger Things is the baseline. Right? You have to be better than Stranger Things. Otherwise, it probably will be considered if not a failure. It has to at least be on par to your point. I think it yeah. has to at least be on par. Because it's not, um, you're right. I, I think with the at with the built-in fan base, it needs to. It has high expectations. It's anything Harry Potter, especially them redoing the original trilogy. And plus, I saw someone make this point too. Okay, they grabbed John Williams' original score. They were basically doing the original stuff, like the original, like you know, graphics and stuff. So are they just going to take basically the same original stuff and just implant new actors? 
Like, are they just kind of sounded like that? It kind of sounded like that. Which it's also interesting to decide to reboot a franchise so soon. Yes. I mean, it's only it's only been twelve years since it ended, which I know seems like a long time, but typically with reboots, I mean, I don't think of a good example like. So Star What's Wars franchise they've rebooted sixteen years. If you want to do, I mean, that was just a, a prequel, but I mean, still. Let's do like Total Recall, for example. They tried to reboot that in 2012 with Colin Farrell. Didn't work. And that was 20, 22 years after the original. So, I mean, some time had passed. It just, I just think it's a cash grab, but also. With all that being said, with all of that negativity I just spread about about that show, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> of course, of course. I'll I'll wait to see. I'll wait to see what people are saying. I'm not. But I'm not. It could be a massive excited. deal. I looked up this um or the Game of Thrones show. It looks like this um story is based on the Duncan Egg stories. Ah. Um, which are interesting. I've heard about the stories. I'm not like super familiar with them. Um, but George has done a great job of like making his lore for his shows. So I listen. I'm all in. Um, <laughs> give me more Game of Thrones content always. <laughs> and then yes, I haven't had many updates on the Jon Snow series. I mean, Kit Harrington was doing promotion for it, so I'm guessing it's happening. The question is when, not if. We're also, I'm assuming we're going to get House of the Dragon season two next year. Probably not this right. year. It's going to be next in, year. Um, and that's awesome. That show is 2024. awesome. 2024. Yeah. Um... Are you excited for... I saw someone say that the Penguin was going to be Gotham City Tony Soprano. Are you excited for this? I am really excited for it. Uh, That's actually coming in 2024 now, as revealed in the trailer. It was originally reported it was going to be at the end of this year, but it looks like it's going to be at the beginning months of next year, which is fine. I I like the trailer. Uh, Colin Farrell, I think was one of the more underrated actors of his generation now it seems like especially with the oscar nod this past ceremony it seems like he's getting the respect that he probably deserved so uh i'm really looking forward to it the batman i thought was one of the best movies of last year uh i loved it i actually watched it a couple weeks ago again and Penguin. Penguin was one of the best parts of it, I thought. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. How about you? I uh, Listen, I thought that Penguin was the most electric part of the first Batman movie. I still need to go back and watch the full thing again. It's just so long. <laughs> it is a time investment, but every time I, I've seen it, I think that was my fourth time watching it. Since since it came out, and I, every time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, 
still awesome. So, I my favorite part is, oh, what are you showing me? Ah, <laughs> come, listen, I'm El Rada. Do you guys not know Spanish? <laughs> When's the next Batman uh, new out? 25. 2025. So not so, too long. No, it'll be three years after the first one. Uh, which, there's precedent for that. Um, right. I mean, so between no, there Dark Knight and Batman... Between Dark Knight and Batman Begins, there was three years. So, and Between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, there was four. Four years. So, I mean, I'll wait. I don't care. I don't care, but Alex, let's uh, get into the episode a little bit more. We knew this was coming. Like I feel, it's basically been foretold since the pilot episode that Logan Roy was gonna bite the dust, and even you know, you go from there, the, the erratic behavior, like pissing on the rug, uh just seeming out of it sometimes like I, I think it was right before the the big meeting with all of the stockholders he was just acting crazy like some kind of some kind of neurological thing was going on there and then you know his health's just been in a decline uh, and then and, you know it culminates on the airplane last week but we knew it was coming and the shock level was heightened, I think, because of how early it happened in the season. I mean, I expected him to die this season. Certainly didn't expect it in week three, Alex. I did not, no. Um Listen, and call me crazy, okay? I thought Logan Roy was Teflon. I I thought he was bulletproof. Um came off call, that way for sure call me crazy <laughs> but just the way now that's good writing though where something you know shouldn't be true just appears to be true because against all odds and then they pulled a rug out from under you and the rug was definitely pulled out from under me um last the last episode which you and i didn't get to talk about was definitely major foreshadowing major foreshadowing Fuck yeah, it was. The, um, we got speech- major foreshadowing throughout the whole series, but especially last last week, La- week two. Last week, ma- like the speech at ATN, the speech about the afterlife. I mean, if you think about it, last week was kind of a Logan showcase. Um, and if you think the about last it, you know, like I love you, but you are not serious people. Um, that's the last thing. He said to Kendall and Shiv, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was. Um, and imagine that being the last thing your dad ever said to you. Right. And again, all the cookie crumbs were there. But the great writing shows like, oh, this guy's invincible. He's not going to die. He's not going to. There's no way. Like, they can't kill him this soon. And I think that's where they got me. Like, when it was spoiled for me on Twitter. <laughs> that stupid fucking L.A. Times. The goddamn L.A. Times. That's what did that's, it for you? My Bryce Shaddy Memorial Miss Me of the Week. 
the fucking <laughs> LA Times. I. <sighs> God damn it. That is brutal. I support journalism in all its way, shapes, and forms, except that shit. Come on now. Wait until fucking Wednesday. My goodness. Yeah, Sunday they didn't night? At all. They did the same night. Yeah. Yeah, they That's did it brutal. the night of. Like, listen, ever not everyone. It's fucking Easter. <laughs> well, even though we got spoiled for you, take take me through your viewing of that episode. Like, where? What did you think, knowing that he was gonna die in that episode? How did you think it was gonna go? Did you, did you think it was gonna go? Because it was really low key. The, the exact manner how he died. He just basically collapsed in the bathroom and he's dead. Nothing like grand. It wasn't this grand like send off. It's just gone. Um. By the way, um, just I thought I'd point this out now before I get started on this. Um, I, I looked it up because I was curious. Logan Roy's last words are a bit more fucking aggressive, which are also which is also a line from L to the OG. I, I just thought I'd point that out. Um, I, I was doing some research. When I was watching, I didn't know. I just knew he died. I didn't know how it happened. So I was maybe expecting something on screen. I think the brilliance of this episode was that they were kind of showing. I don't think they showed him at all. You, no, I think you the saw only time body. they actually. Yes. Yeah, that one. Yep. You saw his body fling up when, like, one of the times where they were doing the chest compressions. But that was probably just a dummy. Um, Other than that, you didn't see him at all. It was all just Tom. It was all from Tom's lens talking to the kids. And or, you know, everyone else on the plane, if you want to look at it that way. I thought that bit of storytelling was honestly genius. Um, Because I was like, okay, we have to see Logan at some point, right? Right? Nope, we never, we just never saw him. And the tension kept building and building um, as we kept not seeing the, as we kept not seeing Logan. And as we kept, you know, as Tom's like, guys, I think he's gone. Guys, I, I think he's not coming back. And I just honestly thought the way they built that tension was it actually insane like if i was going to teach a writing class on like how to write a script i was like i'd be first of all i'd be like why are you asking me to teach this second of all i'd be show, just show them this episode on a loop like on yeah on how to build tension because you can come into this episode not knowing anything about the show and you could feel tense i think this episode does a great job of building that tension and making you feel like, oh shoot, this is necessary, this is important, we need to be, this is a big time situation, even if you have no fucking clue what's going on. And they did a great job of throwing us off the scent, even with the title of the episode, Connor's Wedding, which just seems like such a a simple title, and you're like, okay, that's the episode's gonna be. And even the little teaser they showed at the end of last week, there was no inkling, no hint of something of this magnitude happening. It happened off screen, albeit, but still fucking 
shocking and came way sooner than I thought. I mean, I was thinking series finale, something like that. And it came, came last week. Can you think of many more shocking TV deaths that you've seen, Alex? Um, not really. No, I mean, Tywin? Yeah, but he kind of also had that coming. Also, I knew he died. I think I knew he died, so I wasn't that shocked. Um, Joffrey? Joffrey's a good one. Ned. I mean, a lot of Game of Thrones. Ned Stark, again, if you had, like, if you were going to have anything spoiled to you going into Game of Thrones, it was going to be that. (laughs) Yeah, right. So... The Red oh, Wedding, of course. The Red Wedding. Um, I knew about the Red Wedding. I didn't know the extent of the Red Wedding, so that was shocking. Um, I knew Jon's, about it. I didn't know when. I didn't know when it happened. Jon Snow, his death. Obviously, he's resurrected, but the first time yeah. I watched that, I was like, wait, they're killing Jon? I thought he was around for the whole time. Um, Chrissy? Yeah, that was really shocking. Um... And for that matter, um, why can't I think of her fucking name? Abe. Oh, yeah. Pussy's death wasn't shocking, but that one hit me hard. It's tough. Yeah, it was tough. (laughs) Um, again, not shocking per se, but Wallace's death. Yeah. Um, who's the kid that Bubbles kills? In season four, that one was tough. That one was real tough. I don't remember. I don't remember. You know who I'm talking about, though. The one. Yes. The one that basically turns his life around. Yeah. I'm gonna. Oh, uh, I, I got a couple other ones from The Wire. Uh, Omar, of course. Yes. And then, uh, not a death per se. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, not a death per se, but when Ziggy Sabaka shoots up that office, mm-hmm. that was pretty shocking. Uh, trying to think of what else here. I mean, there's a couple in Breaking Bad. Don't spoil it. I for won't me. spoil. No, I won't spoil. But there's a couple that are tough. Tough to swallow. Two goes wasn't surprising. That's all, that's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. There's one, especially near the end of the show, that man really talks. But uh, did, where did Walt where... kill Jane? That's. Did you get that far? Yes, I. I am that far. Yeah, uh, Walt might have to take the rap for that one. He could have. He could have done something there. That was a decision. That was a choice. But where do we go from here, Alex? I mean, you, you kind of mentioned at the top of the episode what's the rest of the season going to look like, rest of the series, for that matter. Uh, I think it's going to be... I mean, it looked like in the teaser, Tom's throwing his hat in the ring to potentially be the new head of, of Waystar. Don't know how the Gojo deal is going to shake out now. Don't know if that deal is over and done with. Um, 
I could see the kids maybe splitting up again to try and each get their piece of the pie. If you had to make a bet, gun to your head, who is running the company when it's all said and done? What was the name of uh, Adrian Brody's character? I, obviously, I don't think he's coming back. Um, oh, Josh. Pat, Pat Riley. <laughs> Pat Riley, yeah. Um, in all seriousness, um, I think a good bet for that would be... I just... I think Roman's going to end up on top somehow, some way. I don't know how... You're right. I don't think the kids are going to make it through 10 episodes of being completely harmonious. We've already seen a little bit of fractures. This episode, they did a great job of being together. You know, having because the, their, their rallying point was it's us against dad. That's what brought them together. And now dad's gone. There's nothing really to rally around. Exactly. Unless they make uh Skarsgård the villain, which I guess is possible, or they make Tom the villain, but I don't know. By the way, um, nice little Disgusting Brothers reference um, there when Roman walked by and said he whips his dicker out for everyone to see (laughs) to the reporter. By the way, another thing. Does Greg just have an attraction to reporters? Like, almost like magnetic attraction to talking to reporters? I think he does. I don't he think he can help, help himself. himself. Literally. Like, he's just like, oh, it's a reporter? Sweet. Someone wants to talk to me. <laughs> he's so. Oh, you're writing a book on Logan? Oh. Let me help, help you. you out. That's exactly how poor <laughs> on the floor happened. Um. Oh, my date is uh, taking selfies with the CEO? Oh, great. Four on the floor, Jesus. I think that, um. I see Kendall spiraling in some way. I wouldn't be surprised if Shiv and Tom end up reuniting somehow, some way. Because this like arrangement, mm-hmm. it'd be mutually beneficial for them, especially since Tom, like he said, we saw in the te- in the teaser trailer, Carl laid out beautifully that Tom has no allies right now. <laughs> the only right. person who went to bat for him is dead dead so i would not be surprised hall of fame episode for carl by the way um who has not had a whole ton of bright moments no carl was on carl was iso joe in this episode iso joe um you know he just he he was on a fucking heater okay he He was was like like tyree kill returning a punt i mean it was awesome Exactly. Tyree killed to the end zone. Um, watching, I mean, watching Prime Devin Hester. You, you could, a thousand analogies, all would describe Carl in this episode. Um, point being, is that someone's going to end up with the company. And I, I would wager it probably will be a person we won't expect. Um, I think the Matson portion falls apart because Matson is a huge dick. <laughs> As and shown think, multiple times. Yes, especially like. Was it the last episode where he FaceTimed in to Kendall? Which, by the way, what the fuck is going on with that? Um, yeah, the karaoke Stewie? bar episode. Yeah, 
Not enough Not Stewie. Enough Stewie. Stewie really in only one episode so far. I know. We need more Stewie. I would not be surprised if him and Sandy showed up again next episode. Um, it's going to be a fucking bloodbath. And we still have six episodes to go. I don't know. Where do you think it's going to end up? Where I want it to end up? <laughs> Those are Is two Kendall? different questions. Well, I'll start with where I wanted to end up. I wanted to end up with Kendall because I think it would be the ultimate redemption story. You know, supposed to get the company in the pilot. We know how that went. And he's just had hurdle after hurdle that he's had to jump over. And now the one thing that was blocking him the whole time out of the way. It's his time to shine, really. But what I think will happen I think I think Tom and Shiv will do what you said. They'll make an arrangement, run the company together, and I think Kendall and Roman might go off and and do their own thing together or get with Stewie or something, but I have no idea. I really have no idea what's going to happen. This death, dude, this death just throws a wrench in everything. Yeah, including in uh, Jerry. Jerry almost. (laughs) So is Jerry actually not fired now? I don't think so. The person who wanted her fired is dead. (laughs) Can we just... With his dying wish, basically. His dying wish was fire Jerry. (laughs) Again, I didn't write down many lines. One of the ones I did write down... Was when she was talking about the cruises scandal and how, um, what she did. She said, I danced through a thunderstorm and didn't get us wet. Fucking incredible. She's right. She's right. The entire, you know, raid with the the feds. I mean, that incredible stuff from Jerry. I think she, that was a punishment to Roman, in my opinion. That was... That was uh, Logan testing Roman's loyalties and also a punishment being like, okay, you want to be with me? Go ahead and fire. Go ahead and fire Jerry, who you have this history with. And as we saw, obviously, he basically fumbled it. The most awkward firing of all time. <laughs> and. But. Is this the first time we've ever seen Martin, by the way? I don't think we've ever seen Martin before this. I don't think we did either. Welcome we to the party. Heard about Martin. Yeah, welcome to the party. Uh, before we go, Alex, give me some of your top Logan Roy memories. Okay, so I, I wrote down my top five. Um, I don't know if you had five. Um... Oh, I just saw top moments. I I just did top five out of instinct. Okay. So I'll start with number five. Um, it's from the last episode. I love you all, but you're not serious people. Mm. I mean, Logan Roy in a nutshell. Yep. I couldn't come up with a better line for him if I could. Um, screwing over the kids at the wedding. Is that coming in at number four? Incredible. Um, 
when he had basically the mom, showed he was invincible. Yes, that's why. That's when I thought he was could never die. Um, number three, when he wrapped his arms around Kendall and said, "You're my number one boy." After the car crash, um, and Collins there intimidating the hell out of Kendall. Um, but basically, he's like. He's got ultimate control over Kendall after the car accident being like, okay, I control you now. And like the most vicious, like, vicious is the only way I could describe it. It's so evil (laughs) and conniving. Um, It is. It's Tony shit. Exactly. Number two, I have not giving the company to Shiv at the Pierce's. Right. Shiv's like, come on, dad, it's me, right? And he just doesn't say anything. He just gets up and leaves. Baller ass shit. I fucking loved it. Um, and I hate Shiv. <laughs> so don't we all? And then number one, could there be any Zach? You definitely know number one. There's no way my number one is so predictable. There's no way you don't get my number one. Let me think. I've mentioned it in this episode already. Drawing a blank. I feel like a dumbass. <laughs> Four on the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go on, little piggies. Oink, oink. I don't. What about, uh, where's your old man? <laughs> where's your old Listen. man? Still sucking cock at the county fair. Listen, that was a that was a great line, but I feel like those five moments embody the essence of Logan Roy. The no, best. it's a good mix there. Just an evil, conniving bastard. And bastard is a compliment here. Who won't let his kids win for anything. He would rather die than let his kids win. And he did. He did die before he let his kids win. And you really got a sense of who he was really in the pilot when he breaks the news to Kendall that it's not going to be him. And he like pulls him in and he's like, are you crying? Are you crying right now? Incredible stuff. But he will be missed. He will be missed. Uh, There's a big hole to fill now. I'm going to be really interested I mean, they're never going to fill it, but how are they going to finish it out? It seems like a daunting task. And to be honest, I'm not concerned. I think they're going to be fine. Um, if anyone deserves the benefit of the doubt, it's Jesse Armstrong. Yeah. Who said they'd been planning this since season three pre-production. To give you an that's almost two years now. Probably three years. They probably filmed that in 2020. So they did film it in 2020 because you could see three years of planning. Amazing. And it's all finally coming to fruition now. And if any, like I said, if anyone deserves the benefit of the doubt, it's Jesse Armstrong. He deserves to tell the story that he wants. Um, it's just an incredible writing staff. He's the GOAT. I mean, right now. Other... I mean, Vince Gilligan's told one story. I haven't finished that story, but I know everyone loves Breaking Bad. 
But those two probably are the best showrunners right now. I don't really think it's close. So when Succession ends, Alex, in a few weeks, does one more question before we head off here. Does Succession... Does House of the Dragon become the flagship show? (sighs) That's tough. Well... No, probably because they're going to put all their eggs in the Euphoria basket. See, I always block out Euphoria because I don't like it. (laughs) But they're probably going to put all their eggs in that basket, even though I don't know how old they're going to be the next time this next season comes out, because I'm pretty sure that's been two years since the last season will have. When does Euphoria season three come out? It's no buzz on that that I've seen. Um. So, Euphoria season three, it doesn't look like there's a release date yet, which is concerning. I mean, you're probably right. That probably will be the flagship, but for me, it'd be House of the Dragon because I'm not going to watch Euphoria. I don't blame you for not watching Euphoria. I think it should be the Righteous Gemstones, personally, but they're not going to have a half-hour comedy as their flagship. Um, we have the White Lotus as well. White Lotus. Yes. The White Lotus, True which detective. is probably... White Lotus is probably going to take over all their Grammys. Or Grammys. <laughs> it's going to take over all the Emmys. For... Have you seen White Lotus? I have not, no, but I have heard it's really good. Ah, uh, incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. So here, here's my question, okay? Because I'm guessing this is the episode that I'm going to fire a question at you. This is the episode that Kieran, um, Sarah Snook, and Jeremy Strong are probably all going to nominate themselves for Emmys for, okay? Oh, yeah. No question. Who? So let's say Kieran and Jeremy are both going at each other for a lead, right? Reasonable assumption. Um... Who would you pick between Jeremy and Kieran for best actor in these two performances? If you had I'd pick to strong, pick. I'd pick strong. Thought, it's very tough. It's very, very tough. Strong is a phenomenal actor. Like just. <laughs> yes, he is. He's been mean to death. Yeah, he has. <laughs> Especially for, like, how much Brian Cox, I think, kind of hates him. Yeah, definitely hates him. <laughs> definitely hates him. You can just see that in the photo shoot. Strong um, has, like, his arm around Brian Cox, and Brian Cox is just straight face. <laughs> none of the people... Have you noticed none of the people on Succession are method acting? Like, they're all just basically themselves. Like... Yeah, uh, there's a lot of ad-libbing. A it lot. was honestly, honestly phenomenal casting. Like I would say, Kieran's not Roman, obviously. Um, I would hope that Sarah's not Shiv, and Jeremy's not <laughs> Jeremy's not Kendall. But everyone else, no. oh, and obviously Alan McFadden's Rock. not McFadden's not uh Tom because no. a British Nicholas man. Braun is is Greg. Nicholas Braun is Greg. The actor who plays Ewan is definitely Ewan. 
Oh, um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. James Cromwell. Yes, James Cromwell is definitely human. He like chained himself to the inside of a Starbucks and was protesting how much non-dairy milk cost, I'm pretty sure. If that's not some shit Ewan would do, I don't know what is. Um, yeah, it's incredibly great casting from the casting department of Succession. That's all I'll say. He's going to be missed. Alex, what do you have to plug here? NBA playoffs. So I haven't done a podcast in a while. I started a new job, and that's why Zach and I did not have um, Disgusting Brothers last week. But we're going to get back on the swing of things. Um, We're going to hopefully... This week, JD's a little busy so i'm gonna catch us up on the three teams that i didn't get to i'm gonna do my all nba teams and then i'm gonna do west playoff previews i'm gonna do a monologue it's probably gonna be a long episode zach um sweet because it's gonna be (laughs) you know all that i still have three teams we didn't talk about in the regular season i'm not gonna go back and watch you know all the games but you know the bucks 58 and 24 uh, Mavericks, and then I think the Clippers. I'm not sure. There's one other team that we didn't talk about. Um, and then, you know, my all NBA teams, which I didn't reveal, my all defense teams, and my all rookie teams. Um, find out if there's one or two Pacers, Zach. I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with just one, probably. But mm. Nem- no, Nemhard has been. Nemhard is very has been very good. Alex, no 60-win teams this year. No 60-win teams, um, but 20-40-win teams. I'm pretty sure that's a record. I think, yes, I think you're right. I think I saw that on TikTok yesterday. That is a record. Um, Just a ton of parody this year. I think the Western Conference is going to be absolutely bonkers. Um, Sacktown, baby. Listen, they have a better shot than people are giving the public is giving them. But also, yes, I think they Steph, do. But also, I think Steph Curry. This, I was texting Caleb. This, if you look at, there might be a historical comparison for what Steph might be about to do, and it might be the '95 Rockets. Okay, the '95 uh, Rockets yes. were also a six seed. Six seed won the title in a exactly. sweeping fashion. Exactly, and if Steph Sweat, wins this year, Shaq and Penny. If Steph wins this year, it puts him at five. I don't think he'll have another better shot to win, especially that new CBA, which I'll also probably have to talk about because that new CBA is tough for teams, for especially for Golden State and the Clippers. Right, and it's it's great for the small market Lakers, you know, who don't want to spend in the super duper luxury packs, <laughs> but. <laughs> For the Clippers, you know, who are just like spending five hundred million dollars on their luxury tax, and the Warriors who are spending seven hundred million, they'll pay your grandma ten million. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, those teams are going to get royally screwed by it. So, listen, I think if you're willing to pay the money, you should be allowed to spend it. But what do I know? I'm just a guy. Anyway, um, Zach, I know you're on Linsanity starting this week. How did uh, the first Linsanity go? Yeah, we talked play in action. We talked Heat Hawks. Um, and then we talked Timberwolves Lakers. 
Uh, and then next week, I believe we're covering the Eastern Conference. So we're gonna be get, we're, we're gonna be talking Knicks, Alex. Knicks, my favorite team, New York Knicks. We're gonna be talking them, talking uh, Sixers Nets, which I feel like might. I said last night it's gonna be a pounding, but. It'd be a little frisky for a couple games. Nets have a lot of wings that they can throw at the perimeter players, but I do think Claxton is going to get bodied. Uh, Claxton might retire after that series. So I think Sixers average forty a game in that series. I don't. Claxton does it. Claxton is just simply not strong enough, and I think the second round, which is going to be Sixers Celtics. It's going to be very intriguing. Sixers, Celtics, and then I'm thinking Cavs, Bucks. That's going to be an awesome second. I heard, so I'm really uh, looking forward to talking talking NBA. That's something I'm going to address on the Power Hour is that I heard on the last Linsanity that they were doubting the Bucks. I'm going to uh, address why I believe the Bucks are the favors for the NBA title. But that's that's neither here nor there, Zach. Um I'm not doubting Bucks. I'm not doubting Bucks. I know you're not, but they, they were doubting them a little they said the Cavs could possibly beat them and I'm like, no way in hell. <laughs> no offense. I really I mean I really like the Cavs. I don't want to get too off topic before we end here, but I really like the Cavs. I just don't it's hard for me to see them beating beating Milwaukee. But anyway. Alex Great to have you on again for the Disgusting Brothers. We'll be back next week. Talk about episode four of the final season. As always, I can't folks, wait. I cannot wait either. Really going to be interesting to see where they go. As always, folks, thank you very much for listening.